0: hi all very sad news to start the show this week as many of you will know by now hacksaw butch reed passed away age 66 on february the 5th due to heart complications following two earlier heart attacks reed was born bruce franklin reed on july 11th, 1954 in kansas city and initially showed his athletic promise in gridiron playing at warrensburg high school before later turning out for the university of central missouri it was through ron etchison that he entered the world of professional wrestling working initially in vancouver for all-star wrestling and the central states territory when it was run by bob Geigel, later reed moved on to florida and struck gold in june 1981 when he captured the nwa international heavyweight title from dory funk jr while he would only hold the title until august it was during this time period where he started having big matches with rick flair including one mr dave meltzer saw live and later called it the best match he ever seen up to that point and the first one they could ever give five stars to albeit after the fact Sadly, this match does not exist live on tape, but a lot of the next stage of his career does. What to many was considered his big break came in 1993 when he joined Mid-South Wrestling as Hacksaw Butch Reed, initially being presented as the Junkyard Dogs protege. They ran a program very reminiscent of Bruno Sammartino and Larry Zabisco in that Reed turned on his mentor, leading to a big program between the two which established Reed as the top bad guy in Mid-South. Reed defeated Junkyard Dog for his first North American title on July the 16th, 1983, in the Superdome, and these two would go on to headline two further Superdome shows in November 83 and also July 1984. Reed had famous feuds Magnum TA plus a partnership with Jim the Anvil Nightheart, which culminated in them winning mid south tag team gold for Magnum and Jim Duggan in October 83. This run included a big and ultimately unsuccessful title defence on Christmas night against Magnum TA and Mr Wrestling 2 as part of their ongoing storyline. Reed went babyface in late 1984 after the exit of Junkyard Dog to the World Wrestling Federation and failure of other potential stars such as Master G at the box office. Reed also challenged Ric Flair for the NWA world title on August 10, 1995 back at the Superdome in a match that Flair won in a reported 44 minutes. Butch moved on in 1986 for a brief run in the central states before he himself joined the World Wrestling Federation in September of that year. He was dubbed The Natural and had the Doctor of Styles slicked in his corner for a run that continued until shortly after his loss to Randy Savage in the WrestleMania 4 WWF World Title Tournament. Reed next went to Jim Crockett Promotions where he resided until 1992 and was best remembered for his time in the tag team Doom along with Ron Simmons. Doom had a unique appeal with their hard-hitting, moves and brawling style that fit with the great teams of the era such as the Steiner brothers. They won their only WCW World Tag Team titles on May 19, 1990 at Capital Combat by defeating the Steiners and they would hold on to these titles until Russell War in February 1991 where they were defeated by Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. The, the pair split up and would have a match at Super Bowl 1 in May 91 where Simmons ultimately beat Reed in a steel cage match. Reed would then return in 1992 for a short run before leaving WCW for good he was then involved in various regional promotions, including the USWA, where he revisited his earlier feud with the Junkyard Dog, this time over the USWA heavyweight title. Reed won the title from JYD on October 12, 1992, but left the company shortly thereafter. Reed then worked for the Global Wrestling Federation and won their North American title in June 1994 before losing it to Chris Adams the following month. His last title of, of any note was the WLW heavyweight title for the Missouri based group run by Harley Race. Reed won their title on March 31st, 2001, and held it until January 2002, losing it to Dennis McCaws. Reed worked with the upstart group consistently from 2000 to 2002, um, and then he worked throughout the 2000s for various groups in Oklahoma. With his last recorded match on May 18, 2013, for Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling, as Reed teamed with Bob Alton Jr. against Flash Flanagan and Ron Powers. All of our thoughts and best wishes are with Reed's family and friends at this time. From a personal perspective, I've really enjoyed seeing this famous run of his for the very first time, seeing what a fantastic athlete he was and also playing both the babyface and heel role so fantastically. The remainder of this week's podcast was recorded before this news came in, as was the following week's show. However, we will have an opportunity in two weeks to talk more about Reed and the memories of him then. Thanks very much for listening and on with the show. I'm your host Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid South Moments.
1: We welcome back Dan Phillips to the show today. How are you doing, Dan? Very good, thank you. Good, great. Good. I'm happy to be finally recording this podcast as we just spoke off air about a manic couple of days, just through work, nothing stressful. But uh, I like that. I like this break in the break in my routine to discuss this. So we've got. I'm looking at a new headset and also an Alice band combination, which is quite a yeah. I think I touched upon the hair getting a bit long, but it's it's getting out of hand now. Uh, My wife's uh, adamant she's going to cut it, but you sort of get start to get a bit fond about wearing sort of women's... (laughs) I've gone a bit Adrian Street, maybe. Yeah. And I'm just sort of like, I'm, I'm embracing the... I'm embracing the the, the female accessories. Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Or a a male accessory for long hair, obviously, Chris Jericho, et cetera. There you go, exactly. That's what I'm wearing this hairband. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk about um, the Game Changer Wrestling's Fight Forever show, which Mid-South Moments proudly sponsored a block of after the main review today. So without further ado, let's get on with the February 9th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, So Jim Ross and the King, Joel Watts, are back at the desk, and Joel runs through the card. We have Brad Armstrong versus Buddy Landell, Tim Horner versus Kamala, Private Terry Daniels versus Ted DiBiase, plus for the first time ever, two little people and a big man in a six-man tag team match. Terry Taylor also defends the TV title against Hector Guerrero, so an absolutely loaded card. And up first is the battle of Buddy Landell and the former North American champion brad armstrong so joel said he'd spoken to brad earlier on and he did some strike it did strain some ligaments in his match with dbrc um but uh, he was at he's got he's got good training and youth is on his side and he's been able to string a string he's been able to spring back so it's a beautiful drop kick from armstrong that ended with Lando on the outside joel said that armstrong has a great philosophy and isn't going to change character because of the title loss he's still going to strive for the top Joel also added that Armstrong hadn't given up, but the referee had called it to protect his welfare. Have you seen that 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 North? I can't. I, f- I forget sometimes who's been on which week, but the North American title change with DBO and Armstrong because it no, looked like I he did. gave I, up.
1: I, yeah, yeah, I I'm, I thought that at the time when I was meant to sort of try and go back and s- try and find the episode that was on, mm. um, but no, I I can't I can't recall it. Um, but yeah, so what? So he looked like.
0: It looked like he so gave up. Like, he wasn't passed out. Yeah, it looked like. Right. Was, okay. Yeah. So, so they they said Teddy Biaosi had said afterwards that Armstrong had said that he hadn't given up, but it was just it was just a bit weird. One. I think they're kind of trying to fill the gaps in here as if to say, look, it looked like one thing, but actually we're going to say that the referee called it rather than a, rather than submission. Um, so Joel said that the hips okay, and the yeah. head are the two most important parts in wrestling as Landell applied the camel clutch and Armstrong Armstrong went for a body press off the middle ropes in 440, but didn't quite get it right, but transitioned quickly into a sleeper hold. And the referee then called this one in five minutes for the win for Brad, presumably by submission. I was a little bit disappointed in this as expected a bit more from these two and would have liked a little bit more time, albeit this was decent. And um, what do you think of this opening encounter between Landell and Armstrong?
1: Yeah. Um, just quickly, I think you've complete. Have you sort of and, and rightly so overlooked Boyd's outfit? Well, I think because I did. it was yeah. nondescript, and just to just to that, my first note before I'd even seen Boyd was that J.R. and Joel were very formal this week. Okay, because even Joel sometimes waxed out maybe like a little sort of mustard color number or tie <laughs> or something. They were both dressed really formally like they were going for a job or something Job. yes something. yeah I think I've to Boyd later but uh, you're yeah, and right I didn't to the see, ring, and Boyd yeah. was just in normal clothes like yeah. not normal clothes but like a normal suit which honestly, yeah. normally that wouldn't sound ridiculous but it does in this instance um just so I wondered if there'd been sort of a, a bit of a death in the death in the mid-south family or something but seemingly not. <laughs> seemingly not um, he wasn't in but he did have a pink tie on there didn't he I think I'm not sure. I just, just, it just struck me as very, very formal. Anyway, um, yeah, Landau Armstrong. I mean, I guess for me, in this match-wise, like you say, I I didn't really know what to expect, and lucky I didn't know what to expect because there wasn't very much really. I mean, there was, no. I I guess, I guess for me, what goes back to the, I had a few flashbacks back to the. The bunkhouse stampede in regards to holds, Mm. Um, but the difference here is Landell done many holds, but they were long and fruitless. And Armstrong sleeper done. Yes, and I think that's what we that's that is literally the epitome of what we discussed the other week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do one, if it's if they've not tapped out in the first however many minutes, then then don't you know they're not going to tap out. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that was that. I mean, just other observations is. Brad Armstrong's an interesting one because I didn't I don't really know who he is. I didn't really know who he was and obviously saw having listened to the podcast and stuff that he became the, champ, the North American champion etc. Um so obviously done my research on him as always. And um actually one thing was actually is I originally I come across because when I was doing my research for what to do in this month in wrestling for February I looked at Super Brawl Eight. Okay. Um, yeah. And when I was looking at Super Brawl Eight, I think the main event might have been Hogan v Sting, maybe something okay, like so that. Okay, so ninety. I it on it. Been, yeah. Brad Armstrong competed in that. Did he? Okay, interesting. In Super Brawl Eight. And so when um, yes, yeah, so, sorry, so he competed in Super Brawl, Brawl Eight against Goldberg. Did he really? Wow, that's incredible. And it said it was a last minute match.
0: Yeah, um, Goldberg defeated Brad Armstrong in two twenty three. Wow, how interesting! Yeah,
1: yeah. So I was like, so when I done that, I was like, that's that's Brad Armstrong from that I'm, you know, we're going we're talking about now. Back in mm. eighty five, I saw he and then I saw he wrestled until two thousand, and he stopped wrestling because he was run over by Juventud Guerrero and psychosis. Oh, what in storyline was this? Well, I don't know. The, the way the Wikipedia reads is that he was run over and it and he couldn't wrestle anymore. Wow, that's awful. Uh, uh, I'll have a, I'll have a look at that. Yeah. So yeah. So oh no,
0: he injured his knee in March 2000 in a backstage ac- back- accident, backstage at WCW Saturday yeah. Night taping, where Armstrong got run over <laughs> by yeah, his
1: own yeah. psychosis. That's legit, I think. Then yeah. Yeah. See, wow. So okay, I'll tell you what. Mid South, Mid and Wikipedia searches it just always ends in a bit of interest. Um, I also saw that. Which I didn't know. Yeah, sorry, That super all out. Yeah, it was Hogan's thing. Yeah, I said that. Um, I also didn't know that Brad Armstrong. Again, apologies for my naivety. Is Road Dog's brother? Yeah. Yep. Didn't know that, and 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 also a an, uh, WWE official. Um, but uh, and then and then also that he was given just after he's left Mid South, he was just in essence given so many aliases, um, in his time, um, including one Buzz called Buzzkill. Buzzkill, yeah. Okay. WCW is a ripoff of Road Dog. All oh, right,
0: Okay. I don't... Uh, yes, after do having a so buzzkill,
1: yeah. So that would have been, what, yeah. 99, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I yeah. thought that was quite amusing. So, yeah, it was sort of a, a very interesting uh, little delve into Brad Armstrong. So I've gone from not knowing the bloke at all to actually I'm quite fond of him now. I, I've yeah. I've
0: liked a lot of what everything I've seen of him so far I've really liked and and actually I'm sure I'm sure we'll probably because my my kind of focus on the this month in wrestling history stuff is really terrible shows from the 80s and 90s. No, my focus is stuff <laughs> that I haven't seen, so I will probably be picking some some especially sort of late 80s and early 90s WCW stuff.
1: So yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll I'll try and find something where we get. It's interesting you say that. about what like you know being impressed with him because actually when I I actually looked at. He, he passed away in 2012 hmm. and one of the, the eulogy was jr who said that he was one of the most underrated all-time greats ever yeah yeah which is really interesting right because that must you would assume that is talking about this time because i'm assuming jr's not talking about when he was playing buzzkill or rip off of road dog i assume he's talking about sort of what we're watching right now
0: yeah i, I think would the- have thought I think the problem with Armstrong, and, I, and apologies if I'm getting this wrong or mixed up with somebody else, my understanding is with him is that he had it all in the ring, like absolutely phenomenal in the ring. But in terms of his promos, and I believe he was quite a, um, you know, personable and like funny guy and stuff backstage, the sort of stuff I've heard about him. But it didn't really translate onto on screen. And really, for someone like that. Um, With his, I mean, he wasn't a small guy. Like he would have been, you know. He's probably. I've always think of Kenny Omega when I when I see him. He's that sort of size, and he may be a little bit bigger, but really at that size, unless you're, you know, super super charismatic, you're probably not going to go much further than sort of mid card in, you know, WCW and that sort of thing later. And and maybe Um,
1: ironically, as he progressed through his career, maybe I know at the late stage career, maybe the Road Dog being his brother and being as charismatic as he was. Maybe didn't help the back end of his career because it might yeah. be like, well, your brother can do that. Why, why can't you?
0: Well, it's almost um, like you wanted you wanted um, you know Road Dog had such a good character. And Road, Road Dog was probably a little bit underrated in the ring. Actually, it's probably been a little bit unfair on him. But you, if you if you combine Road Dog's character with Brad's ability, I mean yeah. crikey, you got a world champion on your hands there. I think. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. like you say, Road Dog was never a world champion material. But yeah, I again. So 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 from my from my research, I'm now all of a sudden I'm now very. Um, I'm now very uh, keen to see more of Brad Armstrong now. I know all these different things about it about him. But yeah, as I say, in regards to the match, I, a shame really. I guess the only other thing in it, the only time I heard JR get excited was when he when he was talking about the match coming up coming coming up in a bit with the the big gentleman and the little gentleman oh yeah he, he must have mentioned that five times he was very um, excited he about was that very excited yes
0: yeah so back from break ross goes over the actions of last week when kamala beat ice making parsons with help from hercules and we got a recap of the match one of many recaps on this have you got anything to add on this because i i'm not i didn't watch it and i'm not going to comment on it again
1: so my is that only- lazy of
0: me when i've already talked about it for recap so I don't know. that's the policy i'm taking no the, comments on recap the,
1: this is the first recap mm. um, i have i didn't make a comment on this recap other than the fact that i think this is the first time i've seen the graphic last week on mid-south wrestling oh okay yes yeah on recap because pre- in my previous ones i've watched it they just cut to it yeah um i have no comments about this recap however i do have a not a comment, but like a little note on the on the next recap.
0: Okay, well, oh, but
1: I won't make you comment on it because I don't want you to breach your standards. That you no, fine by stan-
0: standards and practices. <laughs> I will not. I absolutely <laughs> refuse point blank to comment on recaps. <laughs> Um, Other than say it was a recap of what. So Ross then throws to Kamala versus Tim Horner, and Ross says that Tim Horner was faced with the biggest test of his career. Joel says he's been thinking for the last week, and he says that Hercules coming down to the ring in Friday's outfit was one of the most heinous acts of subterfuge you'd ever seen. Quite the wordsmith Watts Jr. was, and I'm not ashamed to say I need to look up the exact definition of what subterfuge was. Did you know what that
1: meant? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. <laughs> so, do you know what? In my head, I was like, I hope he doesn't ask me. And
0: I'm did. glad. No, I'm no, glad. No, I didn't know either. So, it's, uh,
1: well, what does it mean?
0: That's so a noun, deceit used in order to achieve one's goal. So, it's perfect use from what's there. So, yeah, deceit wow. used in order to achieve one, one's goal. So, I'm not to get that
1: into something in the
0: next Yeah. Week or so. Incredible. And um, The glorious peck hold was slapped on by Kamala in 148. Kamala dropped Horner on his stomach before hitting the big splash for the win in 257. I thought this was better than a lot of recent Kamala stuff, but that probably isn't saying much. What did you think of this Kamala versus Horner match?
1: So that's, that's interesting you say that. So actually, this this sounds ridiculous, but Kamala, like he's lost weight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which, like, compared to when I, I think I looked in I've, I've looked in previous shows, maybe, maybe it's different for you because you're watching it each week. Mm. Like, all the time. Now, as I like, I, I try and watch it, but I always listen to the pod, but I will... I thought he looked. Wait, I actually thought for a big guy, he looked in half decent shape. He started, and I was fairly impressed with him.
0: Yeah, he he can move around. It's just this, this bloody peck hold he always does. Perhaps he'd, he'd started the nine seventy five version of the the Joe Wicks ninety day plan, and we're seeing him yeah. after like ten days yeah. in
1: there. Yeah. I hope yeah. so.
0: Yeah, on, I wonder who that would have been. There, might, there must be some... See, this is why I need Phil and Terry. Who are the kind of fitness gurus on television in the mid-80s? That's, that's the thing. Answers on a postcard, please. So mid-80s, any more yeah. any more thoughts on
1: this uh, match? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, say, I think he looked like, you know, yeah, he looked a bit more athletic. He dominated. Um, thought it was quite amusing at the end where he, he pinned him and he didn't really he, he had to spin him round. Yes, um, yeah. He pinned him when he was on his belly been around but i was fairly impressed i just thought to me what stood out the most is the contrast in the wrestlers because tim horner's got to be one of the most palest men <laughs> there is he is so pale and the contrast between the two of them just looked absolutely ridiculous but again he just and also he was getting completely dominated you yeah. know what i mean it was uh i'm sure there's certain movies out there that look a bit like that but we won't go into it but it was <laughs> Yeah, Again, I, I thought, I thought, yeah, I thought, come on, looks all right. I thought it's. All right. I like him in d- d- squashes.
0: If he just squ- kill yeah. someone, but I can't deal with ten minutes of the pet grab, basically, and that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next up, we have one of the best and brightest stars in all of wrestling going up against Private Terry Daniels. Um, firstly, Ross recaps the tag team match last week with Taylor and Duggan versus Duggan and Williams, when bizarrely Landell took the fall. Again, a really long recap here, um, and they are obviously at the end of a taping. Um, so is this the one you've got some comments to add on the recap? It's not wise? really much.
1: I just thought this this one was yeah a really long one. But also, it did make me go, oh, like... It was covered excellently last week. Thank you. But it made me go, (laughs) God, this is like, I I put down here, covering last week's all-star tag match. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. It was a really good tag match until the stupid finish, to
1: be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And it just made me think, you know, but uh, you guys covered more than adequately enough to to not mention any more, so...
0: Good stuff. So Ross says that next week there will be a Best Dressed Man contest between Ted DiBiase and Duggan, and I'm pleased to announce that Dan will be joining me for that review, because who else... Who else could I possibly want for a best-dress contest between Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan? And the crowd's going to choose the winner. I'm
1: actually actually now worried about what I'm going to wear for it.
0: (laughs) We're going to go full
1: tuxedos
0: (laughs) for that one next week. Um, So I timed Private Terry Daniels here, and it took him 33 precious seconds of television time (laughs) to take off his gear here. Uh, And this included him taking great care and time in perfectly folding his trousers so he didn't crease them. I mean, come on. I, mean, I thought nothing... that was
1: a really nice touch, though. Yeah, I think that. that but I'll, I'll put it like, yeah, he's folded his uniform. But I guess we, we've dis- we've discussed before about like sometimes in himself, they're just w- what is really unnecessary little added extras, but actually <laughs> are quite funny looking back. Like that is that's that's just alluding to the fact that he's in the army. Yeah I, yeah, I suspect that he wouldn't just chuck his trousers. He would fold them nicely. It's such an unnecessary thing. But probably, but I, I like, guess some people like,
0: nice oh, stuff. what a respectful guy. He's not. He's, ta- he's not. He's taking care of his yeah, yeah. uniform <laughs> here. He's a baby face because he's folded his trousers. What a, what a, what a man! Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Daniel's hit a big cross body block earlier in this, which brought a bri- <laughs> brought a big G whiz out of Joel Watts, which was great. The first first recorded G whiz from <laughs> Mister Watts. And um, Daniel's rally was stopped with a big right cross by DBRC. Uh, Daniel's actually hit a pretty nice looking drop kick in this one after leapfrogging over Ted. However, it wasn't long before he was prone and being set up for the patented figure four leg lock. He managed to break free a couple of times and then. And headed up to the top rope and missed a dropkick. And Joel said it would be a DQ if he landed that. So not sure what he was doing. Um, Dibiase then made Daniel submit in 420, showing that he was the master of not just the figure four. Um, I haven't written down what he got him with. There was a sleeper.
1: Uh, he got him in the Boston Crab.
0: Boston Crab, of course, of course it was. Didn't write that down. Yeah, of course it was Boston crowd. Um, Daniel's looked the best he has to date in this match, which wasn't a surprise given who he was in there with. Um, what did you think of uh, Ted Dibiase and private terry nicely folded trousers daniels so
1: this is my first uh experience of private terry um my first thought was who is this guy uh
0: <laughs> no, oh, you've not seen not, him before this guy?
1: then i'm watching him as uh, then i'm watching him fold his trousers and I'm like, what is going on so up come google up come wikipedia and guess what he doesn't have one Right. Oh and no! You for private Terry Daniels, and all you can all you can get a number of sites where people have literally gone, "What's happened, to Terry Daniels?" What's you know, like the him? "Where are they now?" sort yeah, of yeah. sort of one. Um, and there's no real answer. There's no real answer. Um, oh, that's so. You know, I hope you. I I, I, I hope all's well, Terry. I don't yeah. Know. Um, Let's hope he is. Still I actually around. thought. He did, I actually thought he did well. A bit like you said. I, I, I thought he did well, but you know, like you say, he's with someone that's going to make you look, make you look good as well. Um, yeah, like you say, Joel could done a gwhiz. Joel, Joel at one stage also said, "Come on, Terry."
0: Well, that's not at very. Point, you know, he's, very he needs to think you know, about that, doesn't he? He's supposed to be. Um, at one
1: stage, I was like, "Whoa, he's really cheering him on."
0: Impartial um, commentator there, yeah.
1: Yeah, solid. Solid Boston range was they showed last week and everything that happened and then this match had no link to the previous week or i was waiting for like some sort of interference or some sort of you know someone coming down ringside or a pre or post match promo there was no link to the recap they just played
0: no there wasn't was there? i only that that DiBiotti was yeah
1: yeah um i found that a bit strange cuz i thought oh, would we'll go we're going to see a few people but we didn't
0: Believe it or not, Terry Daniels actually appeared in, in, a, in a kind of enhancement role on WWF Superstars as late as January 92. Um, and then he had a match in June 2007 um, as well. But that was that was his last match that Cage Matches got listed. So, yeah, we wish Terry Daniels well, wherever you are, Terry. Um so, I, yeah, I've, I've written, I hadn't mentioned Boyd yet. And as we talked about, obviously, his understated dark suit. Um, but I think Lavender Waistcoat was was uh, kind of hiding in there, lurking, shall we say. Oh,
1: really? Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he was still, still colouring up a little bit. Um, and it's time for our big man, little man, six-person tag team match. On one side, we had Iceman King Parsons along with Little Coco and Cowboy Lang and they were up against Jack Victory, along with Little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook, who would both later appear at WrestleMania 3. So Ross says this is further evidence as to why this is the best wrestling program in all of America. Watts said very distastefully after two of the little guys had a chasing spot that it reminded him of someone chasing chickens on a farm. Hold your head in shame, Joel Watts. Um, Lord Littlebrook went for a huge backdrop, which I actually swore during because I was so worried about his landing after some very impressive airtime. Um, Ross said, Next week, the Rock and Roll Express will defend the tag title against the Guerreros. Victory took a backdrop from the, little, the 2 little babyface little guys, which was fantastic. And Joel agreed, as he said it, after I typed my notes. And Iceman won in 3.58 after he threw Little Coco into victory, then followed up with an elbow drop for the pin. I was actually legitimately really Entertained by this. The little guys were all strong athletes and didn't do anything and they they didn't in the presentation of this Joel's comment aside do anything kind of horrifically offensive as I'd feared when this was advertised. Um, What did you think of this six person tag match?
1: Yeah I mean all I could think about was and I can't believe you've not used I've I've put your catchphrase of with 2021 vision. Oh yeah okay yeah. Um, I thought we'd, we'd hear that. I mean JR said that having this match with the little people as we're calling it is evidence of why mid-south is number one. Yes. yes. Um, I'm not sure why that is evidence. Mid-south is number one, but obviously at the time, but do you know what? It was like, a, it was a bit like a comedy sketch, right? It was like a comedy sketch. There's a particular bit where I think there's a hold in the middle of the ring and yeah, they're, Running across each other, yeah, and missing yeah, yeah. Each other. yeah, and it's very well done.
0: Yeah, it was. I you, thought, you yeah. Know,
1: like, let's, let's be honest, like, comedy sketches, you know, these are these are well written things, and and it, and so was this. And, um, you know, I, 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 did, I did actually from the from the match logistics, just just thought of um, Iceman, Iceman, double tagged.
0: Yeah, yeah, 18. that was weird. I'm assuming, it? Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah,
1: I've just put here. I'm just going to take it a uh, double tag. Also means no tag because you, you do one or the other. Yeah, that was exactly. my only explanation for <laughs> it. I didn't want to go into it, but, but I've put here I've been I did laugh, I did enjoy it, but I respected it. I yeah, respected that's it, perfect. I
0: thought it was good. I yeah, that was a perfect. Good. Perfect. Description. And it was well worked. Yeah, it
1: was really well worked. So to me, it actually did everything that it should have done. And I didn't think it was too disrespectful. No, I really I didn't. didn't. Think it was at all. Yeah, no, put it this way, I didn't feel like i was worried that, that in essence the the the, the, the little people should we say were going to be you know the, the the joke a bit of a joke like a jokiness they weren't they, they, no. they held their own um i mean again the 2021 20, vision uh, does crack me up i, I mean i know it's still sometimes you've got to appreciate how times have changed yeah 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 but you know we have we have a we have a one of the the, the little on Iceman's team, the one of the little sort of, uh, the little men who is who's black was called Little Coco. You think, mm. oh, where's that? And then the other team, the guys, the guys obviously of Asian orientation, Little Tokyo. You
0: know, yeah. he's like,
1: oh, where, where have you? Like, so actually, sometimes we said before, you got to respect that things have changed, but yeah, yeah. you've always got to think, who's someone in crate was gone? Got a name him? What should we call him? I don't know. What should we call him? I don't know. Little Tokyo. Yeah, yeah that'll no. do. Send him out. <laughs> like, where have you come up with that from? Small and he's Asian. Yeah, that's fine. We'll go with that then. So yeah, I mean that'd be made up But again, this was not. If you're in the lead-up, we were texting each other. We were nervous about what we we're going to say.
0: Oh, big time. I'm. I'm I, these was, these was, things it was made good. me nervous.
1: It was, it was good.
0: Yeah, because I was, I was on with Mark last week, and we this was advertised last week, and Mark. On the, I think on the show is like, I'm interested in how you're going to explain what the kind of the way this is advertised for the following week. Right. As soon as it came up, I was nervous, but yeah, this this was good. This was good. So yeah, um, prop, props to the performers in this one because it was really enjoyable. Um, next up, we have Jake Roberts versus, uh, sorry, Jake Roberts and Hercules, who are future SummerSlam 1988 opponents, going up against Shawn Michaels and Jason Taylor. So before this could start, Ice Man King Parsons came out, the big leather strap, and hurled it around his head. Ross said that Parsons was challenging Hercules to a strap match there and then. Parsons then wheeled back and whipped Hercules shoulder and back with a belt. Hercules decided enough was enough. He walked off and Ross said that we were throwing to a break and and had Duggan versus Dr. Death next. So seemingly no tag match. What did you make of this short angle?
1: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, couldn't believe it, really. And I'll tell you, you probably couldn't believe it less. Jason Walker, who's probably just short, who looked to me like he was just Shawn Michaels, said to his mate, do you fancy coming, <laughs> yeah. coming down to watch the show? Yeah, bring your pants, because you're, you're coming in the ring. Huh? What? This is my big chance. And then as JR and as Jr. put it, Iceman come in with a big, and I mean big, yes. leather strap. Um but yeah, so I felt I felt more sorry for for Jason, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I wonder if he—I like, don't think he did too much after this. He was always an enhancement talent. But you think you think someone now, if you could, you'd be like, oh, actually, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a—I was going to say bin man then or something. But I don't know why I said that. But you know, I'm an insu- I'm an insurance salesman. But actually, in 1985, I did a bit of wrestling for a couple of years. And there's a tag match online with me and me and uh, Shaw Michaels which is Jake the Snake Robertson. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually it didn't happen though because uh, this guy came out with Yeah, a big I know. Belt. so yeah poor poor um poor jason here so yeah um with 11 minutes left i'm not sure how we're getting the tv title match here plus the unadvertised Duggan versus williams ross then said that this one next was going to be a slobber knocker and that's what they call it in the big 8 and i think that's have you ever heard jim say this on this show cuz no, i don't I've think i've down, heard it
1: I've put down the birth of slobber knocker
0: yeah i think this is the first time he's he ever said the words the word slobber knocker on on air. Um, Joel said that if you're just tuning in, you've missed a few matches and he doesn't have time to talk about them, uh, which is nice. It's a nice touch from Joel. Um, there was a big... So, so we're, yeah. on, we're on Duggan and Williams now. And there was I, did, a big, I did like that, yeah. Yeah, so, my, you missed a time. lot. I haven't got time. We're <laughs> tough moving on. Luck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tough luck. There was a big clash of heads at 2.55 after some solid action. And um, both men got back up on the apron uh, after being on outside where Duggan ran Williams' arm over the top turnbuckle. He then hit the spear as Ross really... Big time sold how hurt Dr. Death's arm must be. And Duggan got the clean as a whistle win in 3 33. So this was really odd that Williams was beaten like this with no build up for this match whatsoever. What did you think of Duggan versus Williams here?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, the, the, after the, the birth of the slobber so I thought I was witnessing history. Um, it was funny that Hacksaw come in and I was like, Oh, he's got his own entrance music. No, no entrance. He's, he, he had his own entrance, no music, just him shouting. Yeah. <laughs> I just it made you know what he didn't
0: have entrance music in WF for quite a while actually. After because that, that they kept oh, really? that in when everyone else had, he would just walk out and they would, yeah, With the noise, the crowd, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so I mean, this match obviously, Dr. Death. I was surprised. One of the reasons I'm surprised please, I'm expecting a lot of Doctor Death because I mentioned on the this this month in Wrestling History about these uh Wrestling Observer Awards and stuff. And Doctor Death for eighty five won the Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Illustrated most improved wrestler.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: So I'm expecting good things of him. So so as a result, having known he, he won them awards, I thought, Oh, this is gonna make this is gonna be the start of you know, we're at the start of eighty five. This is going to be a decent quality win, and then, yeah, he, I mean, he he didn't. I mean, I mean, it was it was all down to sort of his arm being smashed against the turnbuckle. Um, mm. I, I thought that could have been slightly better because I didn't see that how that would. I rewound and I thought that nah, doesn't look like that would hurt you enough to sort of in, in, incapacitate him pretty much. Um, but and I felt them. I mean, as you say, Huxtable won. It felt like a bit of a filler, actually. Two big stars mm. in, a, in a bit of a filler match between the big man, little man match, and the main event. It, it, it did, yeah, which, um, I just don't. If you're if, you're, mean, good, if you're beating Duggan, I did, I did I did go I did go and look a bit. Good.
0: No, sorry. All I was going to say is if you're sorry if you're beating Williams with Duggan, that's a huge match, and I feel like that's got to be at least a week's build. That's got to be next week. We've got Duggan and Steve Williams, Whereas actually yeah. that wasn't built up. So I thought that was a bit odd.
1: Yeah, so i so, say I actually did a little bit of a look at Duggan. I thought Duggan did well in this match. And, yeah. won and I was like, do you know what? And then I just thought to myself, actually, over the past, and we've mentioned this before, the past sort of few months and so, we've sort of mentioned about, actually, Duggan sometimes is all right. He's not that bad uh, I in this promotion, yeah. right? And and I thought to myself, do you know what? Maybe because maybe I saw Duggan at the end of his career, I'm sort of, Oh, you know, I I think he's a bit of an, a, a sort of bit of a letdown in WWE, mm. etc. Maybe I'm being too harsh on him. So I went and looked at his achievements while at WWE. Okay, yeah, WWE. and thought, you know, maybe I've got this completely wrong, and actually, you know, he's, you know, he's, he he was very well, you know, well celebrated, etc. So as we, I think we know, he won Rumble, ACA, Rumble, yep. 1988. Uh, there we go <laughs> uh, uh, he, was, he was also
0: king of the king of the F for a little while as well so that's that's one i don't well, know that came up his, yeah
1: his wikipedia said he won the royal rumble 88 and two slammy awards for best vocal performance and greatest hit in 1987 okay but I other than that the, so it did make me go stuff. actually I, I think it's justified therefore that i don't think much of him from his later thing because WWF, WWF, which is actually, do you know what? I actually did think after that. Okay, you run the Rumble. That is pretty big. But he's, most people that you speak to will know who he is.
0: Yes. Yeah, I yeah, so, agree.
1: Okay. You know, if I ask my friends that don't watch wrestling now or haven't watched a few years, they would know. If I said to them, name me five wrestlers, they would probably say him or he'd be mm. up there. Right. But yeah, actually, he never did anything when they would have been watching him. I think at WCW, one, if you, he won a he won he won the US title.
0: Yeah, he beat Steve Austin um, in about thirty seconds. I think, yeah. But, so, but
1: isn't that weird that shows you how good it is if you can build a character up? How you how you could like he's made a he's he's made a career. He's well known, right? Yet he's he's had for reckon what we would look at now. Recognize, you know, for the main the WCW's WWE and stuff. He hasn't really held anything. Yeah, he's right. not a winner. Look just made it look at, well, it, yeah.
0: look at uh, Waddie, P- what he what piper is a good example like, he was intercontinental champion you think all the years he was a main eventer and you know one of the, one yeah. Of the but Fair I, I, play. I, yeah the thing about these guys is that if you were in the wwf in when did hacksaw come across 87 i guess 86 87 if you're in that first bit up to about 91 92 probably a bit earlier than that 1991. Pretty much everyone of our age and a little bit above will know you are because you you were in that yeah. time when it was super popular. But the thing is, Hacksaw, there's one spot he does, which is the kind of double double punching spot, where he's punching one opponent on one side, one opponent on the other yeah, side, yeah. and he's he's rapid fire. I think this guy is a is a decent athlete here, but but like a lot of people, look at Hercules. Hercules is another great example. Hercules looks really good in these, oh. these matches. In this, you stick him he's in a riff where he's in Los Angeles one night and he's in. New York the next night, and then he's in Philadelphia, then he's in Chicago, then he's in Florida, and they're working and they're killing themselves, and they're all they're all bang on the Titan Sports protein shakes, and you know what? God knows what else, because they're all going out for drinks, they're all getting up the next day. They're, they're, you still got to work hard, um, yeah. even if you're on you know some chemical help, and that's the reason why all these guys were 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 killed, and actually. After we did the bunkhouse stuff, I read about I read a bit more from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and Dave Meltzer said back then in '88 that their, the NWA Jim Crockett schedule then was really really brutal as well. And he's like, these guys are exhausted; they're running on empty, and that's why the match the match quality was so you know so so far down. So yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a big you know big part of these guys thereafter. Um, you can only really work that hard, and they're working hard here as well. Don't get me wrong, but afterwards was, was, was just a
1: joke. Oh really. yeah. yeah. They're getting their money's worth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so next up, we've got Hector Guerrero challenging for the Mid-South television title against Terry Taylor. And they were just under five minutes of tele- television time remaining here. And given the Guerreros were challenging for the tag titles the week after, I thought either a time limit draw or a screwy finish was guaranteed. So at one thirty-eight, Chavo tripped Taylor on the outside and Hector applied a spinning leg lock. A lot of commotion at ringside as out came the Rock and Roll Express and the bell was called at two minutes for a DQ. Joel said rightly so. He agreed with the decision. And he also said he loves it. It's so good when friends can stick up for one another like that. Um, the three in rings stood looking at each other as Ross ran down the card next week. The tag title match plus the best dressed man contest. Butch Reed will be there. What did you think of this match?
1: Um, well it wasn't much of a match um, no where was terry taylor's where was the medal where was I, the medal i don't know yeah I don't know actually yeah have, couldn't see the medal um also thought, so they they mentioned that um jake roberts thinks it that he should be going, he he wants to go for this title because mm. it's, it's the easier one. So <laughs> it's <Yeah>. quite amusing. <laughs> that uh, was really good. That actually, made me yeah. really <laughs> laugh, actually, because it's like, you know, when everyone knows that each each company's got the hierarchy of belts, but you don't yeah. say it. You no, just, no, you just no. keep it as it is. Um, and so then when, so I expected, so I heard the fans screaming. So I thought, oh, that'll be Roberts coming down. But then I realized, no, they're screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not going to be Jake coming down. So in come Rock Roll Express um which i was hoping the show would then end and the reason i say that is and they wouldn't have known this 30 plus years later but i thought what brilliant timing that that show's gonna end with ricky morton in the ring and we're gonna start talking about gcw with ricky morton in the ring yes and i thought that is it this is this is perfection (laughs) um but unfortunately uh they decided to close out of a video which i'm looking forward to hearing you explain
0: well, I'm afraid for you, Dan, this is a recap. So I um Oh you, yeah. You've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, so I'm so sorry. um yeah, so that that is it. So basically they they we got a retread of the Dirty White Boys video from last week set to uh what was it, Foreigner um well, oh, I can't even really remember. Oh yeah, it the, is a recap. Yeah. Oh sorry, yeah.
1: so, sorry. Do you know what? When I wrote my notes, I forgot about this policy you made up in, about 25 minutes ago. So yeah, so it's dir- it's set to dirty uh, white
0: by by a foreigner, um, and and it did, and we we talked last week. This didn't chart in the UK, sadly. So yeah, this. I mean, I can I can go back over it if you'd like me to. But no, 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 no. no, no, no. I now.
1: I, I mean, it's just macho slash homoerotic, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Video and but it still does what i love with a joel video where he tries to match a scene to the lyrics yeah yeah it's always a massive highlight for me so there's one bit of sort of like talking talks about a big black car and they're both in front of a big black car just little oh things like yeah, that.
0: that is good actually to be fair to he joel, always yeah. tries to do yeah. that
1: it's brilliant um yeah and uh yeah, I saw that for, it was sang by foreigners as you, mm. as you covered last week. All right, the tunes alright, actually. Shot. Yeah, I thought the fu- the song was pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you didn't agree. <laughs> well, maybe, and they obviously neither day in 1985 uh, by the sounds no, of it. No,
0: no, not in the UK. Well, in the UK anyway. Yeah. Um,
1: but yes, but um, if we ignore the recap bit, um, it's the show ended with Ricky Morton, and uh, we can we can now move on to a bit more about Ricky.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's it for the February 9th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, lots of recaps um, and clearly the end of the end of a taping, but nonetheless, I enjoyed this show. What, have you got any, any final thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, enjoyed it. Um, nothing groundbreaking, really. Um, look, the big man, little man match actually ended up being quite entertaining, quite good, something different. Um, you had a lot of names here. You know, in Buddy Landau's, your Armstrong, Kamala, DiBiase, you know, you had some big names, but it still felt like you say like an end of.
0: Yeah, yeah, of I the liked show. it because the stuff in between the recaps was good, and it made it cut yes. ten minutes. And this is gonna sound awful, but we, you know, uh, people that have been on the show, they know that when you're watching these shows, it's not like watching wrestling for pure enjoyment we're obviously enjoying it but taking the notes and if you cut 10 minutes of recaps out i'm like brilliant this is a really really good fun episode of mid-south It's 30 minutes so i I did enjoy it a lot actually so right um that is it for the episode of mid-south and we'll be back in a moment to talk about game changer wrestling's fight forever wrestling telethon Hello everybody, I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express and if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's number one Mid-South Wrestling Podcast check it out, all the products that's on redbubble.com People Mid-South Moments they have everything from t-shirts, phone cases, mugs remember now, redbubble.com People Mid-South Moments Thanks very much, Ricky, and that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid-south moments. So on to the wrestling telethon that took place on January 29th. And for those unfamiliar, Game Changer Wrestling is an independent professional wrestling company based in New Jersey um, and active since 1999. And it's currently owned by independent referee Brett Lauderdale and has operated under the GCW banner since a rebranding in 2015. Um, so the Joey Janela Spring Break shows that used to run late night on the Saturday of WrestleMania weekend and they ran 2017 to 2019 really gave them as a level of no- notoriety and popularity is kind of like an adult party vibe show Uh, and in addition they've added other events such as the popular blood sport where wrestling is presented in more of a shoot mma style way with no ring ropes and so recently they announced plans for a 24-hour live free to air on fights even also youtube wrestling telethon to raise money for performers who have clearly had a rough 12 months with very few places to work given uh, the pandemic that's just killed all sorts of live event business in in all all entertainment fields. Um, So they ended up raising over $50,000 through sponsorships, commercials, which were interesting to say the least, and donations. And we were very happy to sponsor the hour that aired from 5pm until 6pm, which ended up being uh, the promotion VXS. Um, And we'll run through that in a moment. But firstly, just before that, was friend of the show Ricky Morton in action alongside his son Kerry. So the show that took place from the GC... Sorry, the show took place in the GCW Performance Centre. I'm sure there's a nod and a wink there to the WWE Performance Centre, um, which is basically kind of like a cool-looking dive bar. And you sort of mentioned this This sort of looks like the place that you would see gigs back in your formative sort of uni years,
1: wasn't it? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's like exactly the same of, yeah. I literally have so many flashbacks of i was just just little things like next to the ring was the bar yeah you even saw like the fridge and you had like you know where like stickers all over the walls graffiti yeah it was uh it was very reminiscent of of of, of that
0: one of the very first things um i saw so i probably watched about four hours over the over all of this but i would keep Sort of dipping and dipping out for sort of 10, 15 minutes here and there as, as Saturday rolled on. And because I got up quite early on Saturday morning, I was watching this and watching the New Japan show at the same time. So what I was seeing was right in the like right in the middle of the night. So for for, for US viewers. So I suspect I was one of the few that were watching. Um, and one of the first things I saw was someone took a backdrop on that bar and smashed one of the lights. And the commentators were really funny with that. And I thought actually, um, the vast majority of what I saw throughout was um, you know in good fun i think it's fair to say this is this is not for everyone it's very adult themed you know the language is is pretty uh, colorful at times which i'm personally not a fan of i think if you're going off on a tangent um, i think if you're swearing all the time you it loses impact but that's just my what, what do you think about that in terms of television shows or or wider commentaries? I sometimes think they they drop too many too, too many shits on dynamite and it's like well if you say it four times it, if you say it once it's got impact if you say it four or five times it loses it.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, like you say, if you say it once, it does have a lot of impact. When it, mm. when, you know, I I t- give it some, um the inner circle in AEW. I'm very, you know, I like them. Yeah, but they do like a middle finger yes. sort of yeah. salute thing. I don't really have any time for that, right? But it's, yeah. like they they all do that and as trying to make that thing. However, you know, Young Bucks rock up the other week and and Kenny and everyone, good brothers, doing the two sweet sign. I'm I'm I was pumped for that yeah because yeah. it's like that means something that middle figure I mean yeah yeah I guess the only time sometimes I do quite like particularly in American wrestling if a Brit uses like an English yeah
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because they don't really word, see it as swearing no, I no, too, yeah a thing. and yeah. also
1: sometimes I think no one's understanding now I mean I mean I think I think you know, this well I don't know a few weeks back now N. you've got you know pack pack said oh you're walking around like a birdie, big bollocks yeah that is such a british phrase i couldn't i but like just laughed so much at that because i just pictured i've been in football changing rooms where managers have you know picked on a player and said you're walking around like Bertie big bollocks <laughs> in fact my dad who you know very well he uh, he he's uh, certainly that was one of his uh, catchphrases as a manager oh really uh, that's great yeah, yeah. to try and knock us down um so I like things like that but you're right if it's constant I mean not, I guess in this yeah there there was there was a bit of that but it's a different it's a different vibe. This is an independent event. Yeah. And it's an yeah. adult event. You ain't getting kids watching this stuff. No,
0: I actually thought the early stuff I watched, I actually quite like the comment. The commentary and some and I c I must admit, I'm stealing this. This look this it sounded a lot like um I don't know if you, you used to watch Beavers and Butthead or was that a bit before your time? <laughs> oh, I watched that. Yeah. yeah. It was a bit like that when they did the the, the video music uh, bits. So not so much the cartoon, but when they're watching the, the music videos and they yeah. would kind of do sort of edgy, sort of inherent pop culture reference commentary on that. And I thought that that was really good. Um, yeah. So for the vast majority of this, I thought it was, you know, it was in good fun and good, and good spirited. So the Ricky Morton match was part of a block entitled Four Four O, which is a stable that regularly features in GCW. Um, and this feature, this match featured GCW world champion, Ricky Shane Page and Atticus Koga, who I was impressed with up against Ricky and Kerry Morton, who came out to the classic boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy. Um, there were a couple of iffy moments in this match, but I thought largely this was this was decent. And um, Ricky got a nice comeback near the end and hit a great-looking Canadian straw before being rolled up by Ricky Shane Page in ten forty-two. Um, what did you think of this one with the uh, with the the, the Mortons so, getting together?
1: So I focused on on Ricky. Uh, yeah. And look, number one, fair play. Yeah, this is, that's, it's just, this quality, right? Yeah. I had a look and this 40, how'd you, how'd you say 440? 44.0? Yeah, 44.0, yeah. Apparently the commentary sort of said, you've got to be careful how you say it. Um, yeah,
0: that's why I was careful because they said 44.0, <laughs> didn't they? And so, something, yeah. so, yeah. And
1: um because I went on their website, they sell like merchandise, obviously yeah. stable and stuff. Um,
0: It's quite a good t-shirt, Ash, isn't it? The, the, yeah. It's sort of DX inspired, isn't it? yeah, With the on it, yeah. Yeah, I know,
1: that's it. And um, so, Obviously, it was quite—it's quite interesting. I thought, how are we going to go with this? Because this is obviously a stable that is obviously, like you know, quite cool, right? Yeah. And it's like, right, we're on the card with Ricky Morton, but at the same time, I get why they did it in the end. Because actually, I I just thought it was brilliant. Morton come—they come out, boys back in town. Ricky's trying to get like, just to clarify it, you know, we're in social distancing times. There's not really that many people there. No. They've all, they all they all have kind of COVID and tests and, and stuff as well. Ricky's yeah. Ricky's trying to get them all to start singing rock and roll. Which yeah. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> which a few and of also, them did actually. Well, got yeah. actually
0: probably most of them did, didn't they? Yeah. Actually, yeah.
1: And also, he started the match. And normally, when you've got like you know like an older member of the tag team, they sort of come in every so often. He started. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Sort of held his own, then his boy come in and stuff. I thought, um, that uh, and there was a lot of times where, like the ref was trying to stop him getting in. To the ring, like I don't know, like it, it actually, he it was just, I just thought it was very respectful of him as well. They didn't treat him like, you know, an old boy giving it a go. No. But can I just say the ending? Morton's hit a standing what? Hurricane Rana? Is that the right?
0: Yeah, Hurricane right. Rana first before the Canadian Destroyer. he's then Yeah. Gone yeah.
1: on the, to the top right yep. done a Canadian Destroyer, then a then him and his son have done a double kick, and then and I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then a bit messy, unfortunately, but he's been rolled up for the pin. he didn't. Hmm. But but actually, just as he had his best moment, he he got pinned. But it was um, it was really it was. Do you know what? I thought it was a it was a decent match. it was. Yeah. Fine. It was it
0: I was... would say. I mean, if we, I don't know if you've rated these, but I, I would definitely go solid. It was all right here and not a skip. because yeah. seeing Ricky, was all right, is, yeah. Uh, his, yeah, he's sixty-four yeah. years old. Um, you know, and he, you know, he is. Um, how he can move about the way he does is you know incredible like running the ropes and, and 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 the jumping ability like 64 like that is you know you get people that are fit at 64 but this guy has has got yeah. the miles on his body from you know heart you know resting a lot in the 80s and 90s and even 2000s so yeah good on him I think this was a this was a good you know good performance and it was nice to see father and son combo out there as well um yeah so skip anything more to add on this one before we skip forward yeah no, So skipping forward now to the start of the VXS show entitled Rockstar Night. So amusingly, a lot of people on Twitter had questioned whether it it was actually called Cockstar Nights as the R and the K uh, looked a little bit like a C when they were put together on the emblem and that wasn't there was multiple people last that so um which i found quite amusing something i found less amusing um, was one of my old favorites from back in the day um ecw legend joel gertner was on ring announcing duty um he was sporting a very impressive beard but his stick was slightly better than the good old days, and I suspect some of that's probably due due to advancements in uh, you know what we consider to be funny and not in uh, with 2021 vision as we uh, as we tend to say quite there a lot he this is. podcast. Yeah, there he is, sponsored by 2021 vision.
1: Perhaps we get an optician, yeah, unless and, unless of the week. unless of the, unless. Of, well, I was thinking last year we should have done that because yeah, you were always yeah. in 2020 vision, and we never yeah. we never jumped on that. We could have had Specsavers. Specsavers Mid- proudly or sponsored by Specsavers are available. Savers.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Gabriel Sky was out for the first match against Cashflow Ken Broadway, who had a great entrance, making it rain with some dollar bills. Real, real dollar bills, you think?
1: Uh, I, I highly doubt it. I mean, to be is, honest, yeah, just to clarify, you say he had a good entrance. Can we just just take a second? That, um, what was his what was the Gabriel Sky? He he came into the Smiths. Mm
0: i don't know why i didn't notice that i don't know why i didn't know that dan he came it came into uh how soon is now didn't he yeah. yes by the smith i was like
1: this is brilliant yeah. like, i was actually wondering i was actually like feel like because i know we were texting at the time um and i was meant to say to you did you, like whether you got like uh to choose one of the ring off i wasn't sure if you'd you dropped in right oh, i'm picking the entrance music for this guy i've but, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. But, yeah. You're, see...
0: Just staying on that, were you, big, were you a big fan of The Smiths back in there, or, or, actually, because I suppose they no. before both of our time, weren't yeah, they? So yeah, 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 they? Yeah, since Sins. Yeah,
1: They are solid on my playlist, yeah. Oh, really?
0: That's solid. that's I really like The Smiths. Um, that song is, like, one I just remember when I was <clears throat> early 20s and just, like, having miserable times with, with women. And there's a, there's a particular line in that song. I think it goes there's a club if you'd like to go, you could meet someone who really <laughs> loves you. So you go and you stand on your own, you leave on your own, and you cry and yeah. you want to no, die. No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's like that is basically, that's my 20s right there. So and there to cover,
1: when they do that lyric as well, it's really like, <laughs> and you leave on your own. <laughs> and you die. It's not It's not quick, it's making you really no, think about... No, it's really drawn out, out with like, ultra depressing, you yeah. Like that is the Smiths. That's a great <laughs> song. That
0: song, oh, one of my favourites is... um uh, I know it's over as well is a song that I've listened to a lot when like on the way back from stag Do's or all that sort of stuff. Oh, but that how soon? I know that how soon is now is is really well used in um, the wedding singer as well. I don't know if you're familiar with that film and yeah, 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 yeah. um, when Adam Sandler's character is like. He's just been punched and he goes back home and his ex-fiancee turns up and they're playing that in the background. So, yeah, absolute classic. But, yeah, I didn't. I tried to Shazam what Ken Broadway came out to. So it's kind of a more sort of R&B vibe, but I couldn't couldn't get it. Well, but I, I, when he when,
1: when he come out, I was getting, you know, we don't know employers on here, but I think we may have mentioned that we both work in finance and seeing mm-hmm. a bloke called Cashflow as his nickname. I was too busy having flashbacks with work and thinking. When I see that, (laughs) trying to balance one, I just know that means that I'm in for a really long day trying to work, (laughs) trying to sort a cash flow out. So I felt like saying, "Mate, can you please call yourself something else?" Yeah, it's true. All I can think about. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, I wondered about the dollar bills because because it's it's an offence here to uh, recreate, but I suppose in television shows there must be a way of getting that. Isn't it? Because if you if you see like line of duty or something, they open a suitcase of so, drug money. It wouldn't be real money, would it? So, so,
1: so interestingly, I mean, I'm, I'm not, just 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 I, I I met someone once who worked for a company that looked after stars when they come over to the UK, mm. and um, there was an artist that wanted to film a music video where he was in a bar full of of, of, of notes, mm. and um, so he turned up to the studio and they'd made and what, what they tend to do. And he said, I'll so do if you if you've got excessive amount of notes, a bit like in the briefcase ones, you know, the bottom ones. The oh, yeah. 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 And then top. So they'd done this bar for him where the top sort of layer was real money. And he kicked right off and said, no. Oh, really? OK. Was, but but no one will ever see that money underneath. Don't care. <laughs> and this person had to, uh, yeah, try and organise getting all this money in, which made me think, that that started making me think, oh, maybe there is real money in it. Maybe it is real, maybe yeah. Is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, I think, like, because the bucks, they use, like, their own, right?
0: I guess so. But then I don't, the I, I'm sure I, it, it could be that the rules are different in America. Because I, I, who knows? But it's got, it's a bit different here with the whole queen thing on it, isn't it, as well? Which I think you can't adds, burn adds another,
1: it. I just wasn't sure.
0: If you can recreate it, yeah. yeah. Not sure. Anyway, he, yeah, he, he was making it rain with some dollar bills and he had a lovely and hopefully faux um, fur jacket on. Um, I thought this on the night and actually I thought it even more so the second time of watching, straight after the 440 blog. But the sound of the commentators seemed to be slightly off in that they were too loud um, on this VXS broadcast compared with the earlier one. Um, and this was exacerbated. Now, I don't want to be negative, but I, you know, journalistic integrity to the end. Um, One of the commentators, Julia Smokes, who Ring of Honor fans will be familiar with, had the really bad habit of shouting loudly while calling the action. You you and I've talked about this off air, but I thought this was my one big negative from the hour. And I I know some people on Twitter, as I was reading along, and I must give props to at Brit Rez Away Day, who watched the whole 24 hours, and his um his running commentary of this is is just phenomenal. Talking about adverts, and there's there's one advert for a wrestler that had an OnlyFans that kept popping up, that was causing some some difficulties for him and his household with a young child and various things. So he he's he's a great man to follow if you're you know constant tweet, tweeting about um going to see british shows and stuff which i'm sure we'll be back to but yeah he he was one that was positive about it i just i just didn't like it and actually it got to a point fairly early in the first match on the second viewing i just turned it down um so i could barely hear what was being said um, as for the match itself i like this quite a lot both guys looked athletic um They had a strong array of offense. It was an incredible acai moonsault um, from from Gabriel Sky on to Broadway on the outside when Broadway looked like he got sort of trapped up against the stage, which looked particularly brutal. Um, And Ken Broadway ended up winning this one in ten twenty nine with a really great-looking bridging German suplex. Um, I would go recommend with this match, um, but work on the basis that you can either tune out or turn down the commentary. Um, What did you think of this one?
1: Yeah, definitely recommend. I really enjoyed this. Um, I've actually seen it twice now. Enjoyed it both times. Um, impressed with both of them. There was one particular move where Gabriel Sky comes off of one uh, turnbuckle in one corner, jumps diagonal, and his two knees land land sort of quite high up. I just thought it was a great move. He yeah. Picked, so his knees land on, I think, hit him on the shoulder, bring cash flow down and stay on. And I was, and that didn't win it. Um, obviously because yeah. cash flow cash flow one as cash always does as cash is king <laughs> as we know going back to financial world there but um yeah um, i really enjoyed it i'd recommend it definitely if yeah. you're gonna watch you know anything from the hour obviously watch the hour that we sponsored uh, yes and certainly watch that
0: yeah i mean this really reminded me of a going to a, a rev pro show at york hall and they stick two guys out there in the first match when the crowd has just got in, it got a few beers in them and the guys can just go out there and f- fly around for 10, 10, 10 or 11 minutes and just look great with a crowd that would be massively behind them. And, and this just really made me kind of miss indie wrestling really and all the all the high flying and the, and the good fun that is. So that the next match was was fought under pure rules. So each wrestler had three rope breaks and thereafter pins or submissions in the ropes would count. Um, closed fists to the face were not permitted. If a wrestler used a closed fist, he would be docked one rope break. And if he has no rope breaks remaining, he will be disqualified. So also if the wrestler goes to the floor, on the floor, he will have a count of 20 to return to the ring. So like in New Japan. So a little bit different, which I like the idea of. And Atticus Kogar, aka the silver teeth Satan, as they called him, was out again following his appearance in the tag match. Um, and this match was pretty good also, albeit the pure rules didn't play into things too much. Um, and Danny Garcia won by submission, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise, because, um, I, you know, Ascus Kogar appeared to be the more pushed person, but then what do I know? I mean, 8.57 with a modified sharpshooter. Um, enjoyable, but unfortunately the commentary at the end of this one was about as bad as it got throughout the hour. Um, what did you think of this match between um, Kogar and uh, Danny Garcia.
1: Yeah, I didn't mind the match. For me, the thing that stood out the most was we we spoke in the last few weeks about submissions, and I mm. even asked you the other week. Oh, do you think the figure four really hurts That submission that he was putting on, yeah, really hurt. He, I tell you what, that he was it sh- um, sharpshooter. Did you say?
0: Yeah, it was so, like a modified sharpshooter. Yeah, I can't remember. I couldn't couldn't work out was, if they called it or not. Yeah, they but they zoomed
1: was, in on him. I tell you yeah. what, I, I, it looked like MMA sort of style. Yeah. He he really and actually because obviously they made a thing that it took two people to get him off and then he put one of them in it as well. Yes. But that really stood out for me. I I, I thought the match was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't suggest. I mean, I would say it was all right, but I would, yeah, um, I was going to don't don't yeah. watch it if you've just watched the other one. I mean, watch the whole hour at the end of the day. All yeah. Right? The problem <laughs> is the hour. The
0: hour. Stop. Unfortunately, the hour starts very well. And yeah. I think goes a bit downhill thereafter, unfortunately. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, so main event time up next with former Ring of Honor World Champion Homicide going up against former WWE World Tag Team Champion. The artist formerly known as Eric Rowan, now performing as Eric Redbeard. Again, this was okay. A um, couple of decent near falls in the closing sequences, uh, but definitely the weaker of the three matches on this, um, on this block. Um, though, yeah, I can't, you know, it's not, it wasn't, not, nothing about this was terrible. It was just a you know, fine kind of big man-ish sort of match, I suppose. Um, and Redbeard won in
1: 10.06, the chokeslam. So what do you think of the final match of the block? Yeah, it was, <clears throat> this would be a skip. And actually this one is the one where the commentary got annoyed me the most. Maybe yeah. it was a culmination. Some of the things the guy said, I think he was trying to be humorous. And it just didn't quite work for me. He made a very dark. He made a lot of. He made a lot of Brody Lee. Brody and Lee, yeah. And I know what he was trying to do, and it didn't. Look, no, I'm not work. i am not i am not a prude, right? But uh, but it weren't funny. No, <laughs> no, yeah. so like if it was, if it was like, well, oh, that's, that's out of order, but it's quite funny. No, it's it just, it's um, it's just weren't funny. Yeah, did some of yeah. it just didn't even make sense.
0: No, it's a bit like we're Brits, obviously, and um, obviously and we have a bit of a gallows humor thing here a bit of the whole kind of like Ricky Gervais like humor that is a bit cl- close to the bone and stuff and that's always been part of our our yeah. culture and our makeup isn't it i think it's fair to say yeah um but this is, this this we know like you just can't pe- comedians this is this is a very odd example but there weren't comedians on the television a week or a couple of weeks after princess diana passed away Making cracking j- ga- cracking gags about it, it just wasn't yeah. it wasn't a thing. And Brody Lee, by all accounts, everyone absolutely loved this guy, yeah. and like no one's got a bad word to say about him. We're talking about probably a little bit less than a month out, maybe about a month out from the tribute show. To so leave it alone doesn't need to yeah. be said. It's
1: not fu- it's not funny. It didn't work. Yeah. So that got great on me. And it just wasn't a very good match. They were a bit sluggish. Yeah. You can see, I, I actually had a look, I I, I just put, yeah, all I had here was just, you know, where does, see, I saw Redbeard in AEW not so long ago. So I just wondered where he applies his trade, but I see he's just sort of doing the circuit now. He's been released. You can see he's not working. You can see he's not actually probably working on a, you know, schedule like he had before because he looks sluggish. You know, it wasn't terrible, but it, it, it just didn't really do anything for me
0: yeah um, no i agree i agree oh so, yeah um just just to, just to kind of close out um in terms of this uh this this fight forever there's a couple of couple of bits that i would recommend well i say i would recommend um one bit i've seen a, a majority of um, and one i haven't seen anything of but it's um probably a bit of a bit of a spectacle um match so um, in the afternoon, um, so this would have been a, probably early morning. for. for um, I'm just trying to think of the, t- the time here. But if you look up, if you go through, this, this would probably been on around 10 a.m. So you would have been approximately 14 hours in the HTW Camp Leapfrog block.
1: Well, just to cover, when you go and fight TV, it's got the schedule and you can roughly Oh, work great. Out. Okay, you perfect. Roughly work out. It doesn't have the hours, but you can, you can roughly work out where you need to sort of forward to that makes so
0: sense. oh that's really that's a really great tip so if you if you look at the camp leapfrog um block there's a cybernetico match which i hadn't even, even heard of that before but basically this is like a well there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten so it's a 20 person tag team match You've got uh, men and women in this, and it's elimination. So like old Survivor Series style, but 10-person. I probably caught three quarters of it, and I thought it was really good, really, really strong. So go out of your way. If you're looking for something to sample from the show, go out of your way to to watch that. There was also what ended up being a a two-hour Ironman match between Jordan Oliver and Tony Deppin, um, which I believe was in... just trying to think what, what part of the block that was in, that was later than that. So if you look um, Jimmy Lloyd's up all night blocks, that was a little bit later on, but if you, if you'd ever look on fight TV, if you're interested in checking some of this stuff out um, do so, because that, that, that has got some, um, some good reviews about that as well. So yeah, that's, that's it. Anything more to add on, um, on fight forever before we head yeah, out. Uh,
1: there? For, for me, it's uh, actually, I was just going to say you're a top man for sponsoring it. Um, well, thanks. Well done. Um, I've said this to you on text, but I wanted to say well, save this mainly for this. You know, I've, I've just finished the Young Bucks book, which someone kindly bought me. Um, and I'll tell you what, that it's him, it, by the way, smiling, smirking. <laughs> um, and um, I've, I've I just read that Young Bucks book. And number one, this is a plug for that, but it's a very good book. Very and good book, yeah. For, for, for someone like me who, you know, I grew up watching WWE, so the established brand. And I've got back in, to this through AEW, but through, you know, be, through being friends with you and sort of thinking, oh, you know, what are you, what you oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> ever watch it. watching? I'll never watch it. But now I've got a lot more understanding of, about the independent circuit. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned earlier on about how you're missing the York Hall stuff. We'd planned so many, you know, yeah, we'd planned we'll be, to go yeah. to loads, didn't we? This shit yep. that the just gone. So, and, but what the book, Young Bucks book did is just show me, you know, the, the lengths these guys went to To earn, you know, two hundred quid, five hundred quid, you know, they'd move around for an extra fifty pound because you had to, and things like that, and the amount of work they put in, right? And they would have been on a card like this. They would have done something like this. Of course they would. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is and without these things, you 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 won't. You know, no one just goes. You know, I think one of the things that maybe I used to think, and I might be, you know, teaching people to suck eggs, but I think it's worth stressing to people, you know. No one just rocks up to AEW and just goes, I'm in good shape. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can you teach me a few moves? Everyone that's rocked up, and we're talking everyone. We're talking, you know, your Omegas. We're talking your, you know, your your big, your top stars. They've done all of this. They've done the rounds. They've done it. They've done it. They've done it. And without these events, particularly now, you won't get that. You know, without these events, we wouldn't, you know, the Young Bucks wouldn't have made it through. Omega wouldn't make it through. And your five-star little adventure you went on, you wouldn't have had some of their matches because no, these guys 100%. wouldn't have been there. Um, and I think now, not only is it really important now, anyway, because of, of everything that's going on, but with promotions such as AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan getting particularly obviously AEW and New Japan get big coverage, they're picking people up from these things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was even just before the mid-south hour, there was an advert on there, one of the promos, and it had Orange Cassidy in it.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right, yep.
1: so you know, he's been, it, 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 you know, it's showing you that, you know, I, I think WWE is slightly different. They, I, you know, they, they've now got different brands and things like that. And they've got their, you know, different sense. But AEW, they'll take you out. They'll, they might have watched this and gone, you know, they might have watched it like me and you and said about that first match and gone, we could do one of them. we well, we'll give one is, of them a go. Yeah, this
0: is what indie wrestling is all about. Yeah,
1: 100%. And so I just think for everyone at sponsored, but obviously particularly you, mate, you're a top man and well done for that.
0: The thing is, all I can say, I, th- I think the people that are uh, listening to this pretty niche podcast are probably, um, you know, already supportive of, of, ind- of independent wrestling, but I can't, you know, I can't speak more highly to the feeling you get when you see people like on the rise, like, a, like Will Ospreay is the prime example for me. I saw him with a as a kid, you know, what, seven years ago at York Hall when his, his letters were falling off his gear. I don't know how old he was then. He probably would have been 19, say skinny kid, against matt sidow red pro uprising in 2014 was the first time i saw him and i was like this kid is unbelievable he did a trip he did a, i think he did a double revolution moonsault which he missed but it looked like it half killed him and then you see him again six months later and it's it, the, the one half that was aj styles i was like oh, this guy's unbelievable like if he can put on some weight or whatever then finally he gets an opportunity in new japan he keeps coming back and he keeps like and he grows and grows and grows
1: now he's what he's like Probably the best restaurant in the yeah. entire world. because he, he features heavily in the Bucks book actually. Because they they pass cross quite a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. And again, like you say, when they first meet him, they're they're at like uh, like some event. They've all travelled x amount of hundreds of miles to to get paid like two hundred quid. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. And the
0: thing is, you you oh, we've I've seen the Bucks uh, uh, thingy. I, I haven't I haven't seen Omega there, but he's been there when I wasn't there. That's the thing. Just when we when when we can do just go and support independent wrestling because you can, you can see some stars of yesterday and all importantly stars of tomorrow. So yeah, just do it, get out there, support wrestling and let's get out there and do it. Right. Dan, Twitter plugs. Let's get out of here for this week. Twitter at Dan Perfect. Right. We'll speak to you all again very soon. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, why not head over to Apple podcasts and hit the subscribe button follow on Spotify or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid South Moments, so why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating? Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at MidMoments on Twitter and I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon.